Well, we've been kicking off this spiritual training series. And it all started with the question of what if church were less like a classroom and a concert and more like a session with a personal trainer? So hopefully if you've been here, if you've been watching us online, then, then you've been trying some of these spiritual exercises and you're building some spiritual muscles. Well, we've got some more exercises and muscles to build. And we're going to start off with one of the five. We've got five muscles that we are, we've been working out every week here. And we're going to continue some of these things as the weeks and months go on. It's your read muscle, your pray muscle, your worship muscle, your give muscle, and your love muscle. Those are the five core spiritual muscles. And if you get these five muscles right, if you are strong in these five muscles, you will thrive as a Christian. So we're going to start out by strengthening our read muscle. We've been doing this. We've been going through the book of Mark uh, for the last three weeks. This is fourth weekend. And if you've been reading along, we'll actually finish the whole book of Mark by the end of this week. We've got three more chapters after today, and we're going to read Mark 13. And each week I do it a little differently to expose you to some different ways of doing this. Um, and so this week, rather than doing the audio Bible like we've had, I'm actually going to take some volunteers from you. So either this is going to be really cool, or it's going to get really awkward for the next few minutes. So I, I divided up Mark, 14 in, or Mark 13 into four sections. I need three volunteers because I'm going to take one volunteer from our online congregation. Okay, we're going to put my phone number up on screen. So all of you online, this one's for you. I'm going to put my phone number up on screen right down there, okay? And first one to call me will participate in our Bible reading for today. So I've got my phone. Just go ahead. If, if you've got an NIV copy of your Bible or pull it up on your phone, you can be one of our readers. And I'm, I'm going to put you on speaker, hold the mic up to you, and you can read actually to our online and in-person audience. So we're going to see how this goes. Um, so I need three volunteers. Okay, I see one over there. I see one hand. You want to come up? Is that June? Yeah, come on up. Okay. All right. Two more volunteers. Two more volunteers to read, and it's, it's just about nine, ten verses. Really easy, right out of the NIV. So two more volunteers. Come on. Get, yeah, here, June, you can come up. Here, June, you can even come up on stage. Awesome. Let's see. Come on. Bless you. Two more, two more volunteers to come read with us from our online audience. Someone see, see, is my phone number still up on screen? There we go. Right down there. Give that a call, and you can read along with us. Okay, two more folks, and one more online. Oh, there, oh yeah, yeah, come on. Now get on up here. Awesome, thank you. One more, and then one more from our online congregation. Go ahead, man. You know you want to get on in this. I've never tried this before. You could be a superstar, or this could totally bomb. So, no pressure. There we go. So, let, let's get one person to call me right down there at that phone number. Um, call me to get a part, be a part of this Bible reading live on stage and online. Then we need one more. Someone wants to read some of the great uh, Mark 13. And if you're into end time stuff, this is an awesome chapter. You want to get a piece of this, okay? What, one more person to come join us up on stage. Come on. There we go. Nope, online? Come on, online congregation. I know you want to get, be a part of this. Call that phone number right there. There we go. Okay, come on, one more from, from in person here. 
I've got it right up here. You don't even need to bring your Bible. I've got it. Well, I see you. There we go. Okay, come on up. Awesome. Okay. So, there we go. So, so it's, it's going to be Mark. Uh, you got it on your phone? Okay. Oh, I, okay. Oh, okay. This is, this is pretty cool. Hi, Shan. It's my sister. Uh, you're, you're awesome. Okay. So, um, so June, we're going to have you read here. In fact, you can read it off this. Okay, so you're going to start off. Bless you. It's going to be Mark 13, 1 through 8. Okay. And John, you're, you're going to do 9 through 19. Okay. Let's see. You, you can do it out of the Bible or off... Okay, you got it. So you're going to do 20 to 31. Okay. And then, uh, let's see. Shan, you, you got a Bible there with you? Yep. Awesome. Okay, you're going to do Mark 13, 32 to 37. The end of the chapter. All right. Okay. So, that's her flipping Bible pages. Okay, awesome. So, June, we're going to start with you, and I've got a mic here. And you, you, yeah, can you, can you do all of that? Okay. As Jesus was leaving the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what massive stones, what magnificent buildings. Do you see all these great buildings, replied Jesus? No one... Not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be, th everyone will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite, of, opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, tell us, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign that they are about to be fulfilled? Jesus said to them, Watch so that no one decides you. Many come in my name claiming I am here, and you will deceive many. When you hear wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places, and famines. These are the beginnings of birth pains. Way to go. Let's search River Love Love. Great job. Okay. Thank you. Here, John, slide on middle stage here. Okay. At 9 to 19. Perfect. You must be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and flogged in the synagogues. On account of me, you will stand before governors and kings as witnesses to them. And the gospel must be preached to all nations. Wherever you are arrested and brought to trial, do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given to, given, given you at the time, for it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Brother will betray brother to death and the father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. Everyone will hate you because of me, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. When you see the abomination that causes desolation, standing where it does not belong, let the reader understand, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. 
let no one on the housetop go down or enter the house to take anything out. Let no one in the field go back to get their cloak. How dreadful, how dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that this will not take place in winter because those will be days of distress unequaled from the beginning when God created the world until now and never be equaled again. Thank you. Okay, you're good to do 20 to 31. If the Lord would not cut those days, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect whom he has chosen, he has shortened them. At that time, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or look, there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will appear and perform signs and miracles to, de to deceive the elect, if that were possible. So be on your guard. I have told you everything ahead of time. But in those days, following that distress, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, men will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory, and he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the, the, ends of the earth, and the ends of the heaven. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as it twists, its twists get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that it is near, right at the door. I tell you the truth, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away but my words would never pass away. Thanks, Jeff. Okay, and now Mark 13, 32 through 37, live from Venice, California. Okay, there we but, go. There you go. But about that yeah. day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight, or when the rooster crows, or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone. Watch. Amen. Thanks, Shan. Amen. Amen. Okay, see ya. We are part, we're having Level Up Sunday today. Some of the, all the kids should have a button that looks just like this. Some of our youth grabbed one also. We are recognizing just the progress that we made this past year. And it was a hard year to make some progress. Our kids went through constant transition from at home, online school, hybrid schooling, in-person schooling. They just moved all over the place this year and they had to roll with the punches and they did a phenomenal job. So we're recognizing all of our babies that were born this year. 
All of our babies that became toddlers, our toddlers that moved to preschool, our preschoolers that moved to grade school, and our fifth graders that are soon to move to middle school. So if you are one of those, uh, those kids that I talked about today, if you are a, a toddler, if you're in preschool, if you're in grade school, stand up, because we want to pray for you. We want to recognize you. We want to tell you congratulations. So kids, go in and just stand up at your seat. Uh, you don't have to move anywhere. Just stand up right there. We're going to pray for you today and just tell you congratulations and good job for all the hard work you did this year. So I'm going to pray for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these amazing kids here at River Life. We thank you for their hard work, for their ability to just change with the times and be able to pick up the slack and do what needs to be done so that they can move on. I want to pray a blessing on them, Lord. I pray that as they move into the new grades that they're going to, that you would just continue to give them the strength the courage, the knowledge to do well, make their families proud, make us proud, and continue to grow in life, Lord. I pray that they would have successful, fruitful years ahead of them, and I just pray these things in your name for your glory alone. Amen. Kids, you can be seated. But, you know, we want to recognize one group of kids in particular because our fifth graders are leaving River Kids. They're going to soon be transitioning to middle school, which means they're transitioning into Thrive Youth. So if you are a fifth grader, I want you to come on down here to the front. We have a special treat for you, and we want to do one more quick blessing for you. So come on down and join me up here. Um, I know I saw a couple of you. There's Gabby, Malachi, Lila. I saw you out there somewhere. And if there's any other fifth graders that I miss, come on down. All right, so I have treat bags for all of you. Just something with some goodies in there to help you remember River Kids well and hopefully all the good times you had. And if you just want to come up here, I want to pray for each of you. Lord, I want to pray for our fifth graders. They are about to make a huge transition into the next chapter of their lives. I pray that as they go to middle school and they're moving from one school to another, making new friends, I pray that you would just help them to be able to adapt. This year was great practice for that, Lord. This year will seem like nothing compared to the year we just made it through, but I still pray for any fears that they had that you would just take those away and give them peace. Give them courage to speak their truth, share the love of Jesus to their new friends in their new school, Lord, and just continue to give them a passion to grow, a passion to learn, a passion to be better, Lord. We pray for all of them, and we just want to say congratulations to these three and all of our fifth graders that are at home that didn't make it today, Lord. We just want to say, well done. You are doing amazing. Pray all these things in your name and for your glory. Amen. All right, fifth graders, thank you very much. We'll miss you. Jeremy, thank you for uh, handing them off to us. Parents, uh, we can't wait to have them part of Thrive. And the celebration continues today. Uh, with Pineapple Mayhem after church today. And uh, for those of us who are online, how about you send us some pineapple uh, emojis in the chat box, all right? All right, so I'm going to hand off with Shining, and she's going to pray for our next students. All right, good morning, River Life. My name is Shining. I am a volunteer here at Thrive Youth Ministries. And today, I get the privilege and honor of praying for our middle schoolers going to high school. So you're, if you're an eighth grader going to high school, I ask that you please stand. I would love to pray for you guys. 
And church, if you know someone who is going to high school, I invite you to pray along with me. Think about them and pray for them. So let's go to God. Lord, we thank you for this time where we can come together, celebrate, remember, acknowledge your goodness over each middle schooler here. I pray that you help us as a church to continue to equip, love, and always extend a helping hand to these younger generation. I pray that as each middle schooler journeys through high school, Lord, help remind them that you are always beside them and your love will never run out. I lift up each and every single one of them up to you, and, the, and we pray this in the most powerful name of Jesus. Amen. All right, and if uh, we have any senior graduates from high school, uh, we want to acknowledge you, and so please stand up, and we want to pray for you. All right. Awesome. Uh, put your hands up, and let's, let's give them a round up. All right, let us pray. Father, may your favor and blessing be on our seniors. They are just beginning our journey, uh, and they're going to be ups and downs. But God, regardless of what they experience, I pray that you be there with them, and you remind them that you are with them, and that your love is for them. God, there are many things that are telling them what they should do, what they should accomplish, what they should look like, what they should sound like. But God, I pray that as they were wrestling with who they want to become, who they want to be, where they want to go, I pray that your voice would be louder than any voice out there. So that, Lord, they would find joy, peace, and contentment with you for the rest of their lives. Be with us as a community to empower them, to guide them, and to walk alongside them. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning. Hey, everyone. My name is Alicia, the Community Engagement Director. And talking about leveling up, I just wanted to say that you all have been leveling up for the past few weeks. And so wanted to remind you of what we've been learning, right? So two weeks ago, we talked about who is our neighbor. And we were able to identify physical neighbors, coworkers, our classmates, and we were able to pray for them and step into that space. And then last week, we talked about ways to love others. So we sent you guys home with a list of ways to love people in your family, your family members, people in your neighborhood, and also at work and at home, and strangers in the community. Well, today I wanted to just um, help you also all to level up as kids, youth, adults, and how to love in this gray space of racial injustice. 
right? In the past year, we've heard a lot about racial injustice, and and some of us are, you know, are we, some of us, mm, yeah, you know, it doesn't really ring a bell in our hearts and our minds. To some of us, it resonates so deeply with us. And I want to honor that there are many different voices and how people feel about this topic. But regardless of how you feel today, I wanted to give you opportunities and ways that you can be a partner in loving other people. Whether you agree with this or not, loving others is the biggest commandment, uh, the greatest commandment as a Christian. And so what I did is I partnered with uh, Dave Mansky. He's the district mobilizer for our North Central District. So that's the region that we are in for River Life Church. And I helped him write an article, but I gave him some blurbs of like what I thought would be really impactful as a Christian, as someone who is an Asian leader in the community, um, and how we can push back against racial injustice. So I'm just gonna read a little piece of it. So if you don't have one, I would recommend you to grab one on your way out, but here's what he said, one of the paragraphs. This is the third paragraph on the first page. It says, have you ever interacted with the church about missions and sensed a disconnect? I clearly remember an incident in the South. It happened at a meal at a leader's home following a message about God's heart for all peoples, ethnicities, and the why of the local church's engagement with Alliance International Workers. That's what IW stands for. That's when I heard that those people weren't welcome in this church. That's when I heard another time was I, was pr I prayed for many of them by name, but the immigrant people in their own town who happened to be from the same country as the international workers for whom they prayed weren't welcome. Why does it seem that in some contexts there's a disconnect between the duty of supporting missions and the love for unreached people being reached? Ouch. <sighs> That's tough. That is tough. You know why? Because I'm guilty of that. Most of us are guilty of that. We come to church and we talk about how to love others, right? We send you ways to love other people. And then we step out into the space and then we encounter things and we're like, hmm. That part of us comes out where we just decide sometimes we don't want to love or we encounter our parents who don't want to love. So in college, I'm going to share a personal story. I actually dated an African-American guy. And some people are like, oh my gosh, that's insane, right? But to me, I grew up with African-Americans, so it wasn't a huge deal for me. Um, but when my mom heard his voice on the phone, she's like, is he black? You should have seen the look on her face. She goes, is he black? I was scared. I was scared to answer that question. And I kind of like didn't want to answer the question. And, and then one day I said, yeah, he's black. And you know what she said? And she did the Hmong thing, the guilt trip, the shame thing. She goes, if you want to marry him, you have to marry him over my dead body. You know, and she said, you know, and, and as like an 18-year-old, I remember being so distraught because I didn't know what to do with that. I didn't have any space to talk about that pain. I didn't have any area of my life, anyone to turn to to talk about that. And so 
on the second part of this article, wanted to give you some tips and ways. Um, we can't solve the problem, but we can at least address it, right? And so it was years later before my mom said to me one day, she goes, hey, Alicia, I, I've been thinking about that incident back when you were 18. She said, I'm really sorry that I said that to you. Wow. It was healing to my body. It was healing to my mind because she didn't, she grew up, she leveled up and she realized something that day in those years of saying that painful comment to me that she wasn't loving to me, she wasn't loving to other people and that she realized she was in the wrong. And it was like five years later that she came and said that to me. I said, mom, thank you, it's okay. I was like, it's okay. I'm with a wonderful man now. And you guys all know him, Angelou, right? And, but that moment was so freeing to me and it was validating and it was healing. And so on page two, I gave some examples. Of, the first one is validate what's happening around you. So this article, I talked about the Asian community, right? Cause we've been experiencing some uh, different things in the community that's been painful, but Validate what's happening around you. When someone gets injured, you don't say, oh, you're gonna be okay. Oh, I'm so sorry, that's so painful. Let me give you a Band-Aid, right? There's no scar, wound, or bruise, but if kids feel better when there's a Band-Aid, validating their pain. You know, if there's a shooting, if there's something that happened, validate what happened. Doesn't mean you can solve the problem, it means you validate what's happening. Two, conversations are important. Having conversations with kids and with adults, with youth. Um, I'm not a mom yet, but I love having conversations with my 14 nieces and nephews because the thing is they have so many thoughts, so many interesting things to say. If you can't create a space for them to talk about it, they're gonna talk about it with other people, with people that you may not feel like they should be qualified to talk to your kids about but they will go to someone else who will listen to them. So create spaces for them. That's why we seek counseling, right? Because it's healing when we get to speak out the pains and the things that we're experiencing. And then standing in solidarity with other people. When you see something happen that's wrong to someone else, step in and say something. Now, I did a training recently, and they talked about different ways that you could support every, someone else when something's happening. Um, drop your purse, let everything fall out. Oh, I'm so sorry, and be a big distraction. Or wait until the incident happens and then walk over, call 911 and say, are you okay? Let me stay with you until the cops come or the ambulance comes or someone comes, right? As a kid at school, right, if you see someone bullying someone else because of their skin color or because of their disability or whatever that is, step in and save them, meaning acknowledge what happened. I'm really sorry that happened to you. Are you okay? Let me walk you to your classroom. Let me help you to the bathroom. Let me take you to the nurse's office, right? And then lastly, empower people around you. So I wrote empower Asians in your church to be leaders and mentors, but um, as a Christian, listen to books and read articles written by other people who may look different from you, right? Just because 
you look a certain way doesn't mean that you are always correct in what you say and do. But if you hear other people from other ethnicities, other countries share about how they encounter God, wow, that's so powerful. You get to expand your territory and your mind of hearing um, visions and words from God. And that is super unique. I, during my sabbatical last year, I went to an African-American church down the street, and it was so much fun. I loved it. And then I had uh, a woman pray over me, and I wept because I was, I thought to myself, I don't remember the last time I had someone who was African-American pray over me, blessings over me, and I was so blessed that day. And then I will wrap it up here to say, I read the last part of the article. It says, join me. Ask God to illuminate us regarding our complicit silence that diminishes our brothers and sisters, that limits our fellowship with God. Will you step in? Will you influence change in the structures and systems within our local churches that reflect the systemic evil embedded in our society and culture? Heart change and actions are required for us to truly celebrate our own salvation and that of people from every tribe, nation, and language. So you have the power to make change, whether it's through your prayers, your actions, your words, even your very presence. If something happened and you were standing there but you didn't say anything or do anything, just know that that person saw you because your presence was there. And so let's be more than just loving. Let's be an action to the community, to our schools, our spaces, our workplaces, and speak out. Now, I added a prayer um, newsletter. Um, when you go home, think about the missionaries that are also going through um, the things around the world. Racial injustice is not just here in Minnesota. It's around the world. So let's pray for each other, and let's spur each other on to be amazing lovers in the community. Uh, in the name of Jesus. Thank you.